Hey, this is Mike Brake, the lead pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. Just want to say thank you so much for stopping by the podcast today. I hope you feel encouraged and I hope you feel inspired today to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Uh, Who in the house has ever heard somebody say, maybe you've said it, uh, God will never give you more than you can handle. Have you ever heard anybody say that phrase, and or maybe you've, you've said that phrase. I'm just going to just straight up say it. That's a lie from the pit of hell, all right? Um, I think we say it with good intentions. I think we say it sometimes, and we don't necessarily know uh, what we mean, but or kind of what we're saying in that. Um, personally, as I kind of unpack today, I, I really kind of think the point of life, in a sense, is to realize you've been given more than you can handle. Like that you can't handle it and you need somebody to help you handle it. Sin, sin is one of those things. I can't handle sin. Bible just says straight up, you ain't going to be able to handle it. You need someone to handle it for you. Um, even in the Bible, when you look at the Bible, when you look at the giants in, in, of faith, you, you see examples of this. One of them is Elijah. We have, have the verse up here where, where he comes up and he says he, he sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord. All right, you just see, like, he, he's a little bit suicidal here. I mean, if you're really put into his position, he doesn't want to go on. Moses, same thing. As he's leading the people out of, out of Egypt, he says, if this is how you intend to treat me, he's talking to God. He says, if this is how you intend to treat me, just go ahead and kill me. So this idea that you've been given more than you can handle, you're not alone if you're feeling, feeling these things. And some of the greats in Scripture uh, have, have gone through this. We're in a series called DTR, which some of us have known as called Define the Relationship. And it's kind of these defining moments in a relationship. And I talked about that last week, and I talked about the importance of community of relationships and how we are, as much as we've been hurt and burned and disappointed or whatever, we are meant for community. That this thing, this vehicle called the church that Jesus started, he still hasn't stopped it. He's saying, this is it. This is it. So we talked about the importance of that. Today, I, I want to define, we've been saying it's define the reality. So having some upfront honest conversations. And today I didn't know exactly where I wanted to go. I've been praying all along and I, I kind of knew where God was saying it. I was like, I don't want to go there. I don't want to talk about that. But I, I feel like this is where God wants me to discuss today. And I want to share a little bit of a confession of a pastor with you this morning. A little bit of insight into some things that I've seen, felt, experienced in this past year dealing with the, the, the pandemic. And some things that have been too much for me to, to handle and process. And I, I want to, it's sometimes when you have a DTR moment, this is just kind of for me, I'm like, I got to sit. <laughs> um, if we were here just having a one-on-one -on -one conversation about how this past year has been for you, or, you know, hey, hey how has it been for me? And uh, I, I want to share some of those insights. It's not all pretty. It hasn't been all pretty for, for, for you as well. Um, it hasn't been pretty for a lot of churches and, and pastors in this season. Um, recently, there was a stat from Barna that came out that said about 29% of pastors, Protestant pastors in the United States within this last year, 
have seriously considered quitting. If you, if you think about that, 30% have seriously considered that. That's a significant amount of leadership within the church saying, I don't want to do this anymore. Now, have they? No. But you, you, it starts in the mind, right? And, and I want to bring this up because I can relate. It's been a heavy year for, for all of us, but I don't, I don't want to have a pity party. I might have a little bit of a counseling session with you here today, but I don't think it, it does any fairness to anybody to just brush over these things or to, or to say I'm fine or I'm good. I think a, a, a lot of this past year with all the changes that have come, there's this feeling of just complete inadequacy. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where we're going. And you, and you have the, the questions from you. What are we doing? Where are we going? And I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. And kind of along with that, I made a new friend this year, a close friend called Anxiety, that has just been all over me. I didn't even know what anxiety was. And then I started listening to something. I'm like, that's it. That's it. That's it. The way it shows itself in me is a lot of irritability, being short, but also a workaholic. I don't, I don't know what we're doing. I'm the leader. I, I'm supposed to know what we're doing in the direction that we're going. We got to do something. So I'm working like crazy just doing stuff because that's what makes me feel in control. When all it was from the start was just me being anxious about all the uncertainty and recognizing that doing more doesn't mean that you accomplish more. It just means more stress for me and my family and, and for you guys. I had to come to grips with that to say this is what this is and how, how, I'm, how I'm dealing with that. I feel like in this past year, One of the things that crushes me is I feel like this has been the, most, the least productive I've been as a pastor. I don't feel like I've, I've done much, and I'm like, what am I doing for my church? At the same time, I feel like I've never worked harder in my life. I'm like, how do I reconcile those two? I feel like I'm just exhausted every single day, but I don't feel like I've accomplished a thing. And then anxiety will be there in the middle of the night. I'm, I'm racing through conversations, four hours, five hours. I'm like, I've been thinking about this and stewing on this one conversation or this one email for six hours now. That's anxiety. Just circling the same conversation. And then when, you, when you're doing that and you let that kind of sink in, there's a lot where you feel like a failure. I feel like I failed you guys. A lot of pastors feel like failures right now. They, they, as we're meeting in person and as most churches meet back in person, the average in-person attendance compared to pre-pandemic is somewhere between 30 and 50%. Now, pastors, they won't tell you this, but we are very insecure That'll, that'll mess with you. 
if you, if you like, I like a full crowd, right? But I also know this place, it's not about having a full crowd. But if I'm honest, I like a full crowd. That messes with your pride and your ego, and it digs into those insecurities. And we have to wrestle with that now. And we feel like, we feel like failures. Also, I'm like, I could go on. I could, you're like, when is this going to stop? I'm just, might as well just, while we're here, go ahead and give it all out. You're like, wow, this is my first time to, to Freedom Church, and the pastor's like bombing out here. Um, welcome to Freedom. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't like all Christians. There's a lot of Christians that I just can't stand. Can I say that? Good. I mean, I, like some of you, I say, "Amen." Yeah, yeah. You prayed the Lord. It's like the loudest you've been in church. <laughs> no, there's. Listen, there's some. Some Christians are some of the greatest people that I've ever met in my entire life. But then you see some that just the, they frustrate the snot out of you. And some of you, you've 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 been that person, or you've experienced where you know they they've been sh- they've shamed you. Or you see them shaming others. Religion has just beat them down or beat you down. I, I've, I really, really have been frustrated with how politics have infiltrated the church on both sides. And it is frustrating when we're trying to fight a kingdom battle and our, our world is having a nervous breakdown right in front, and we're trying to figure out how do we navigate these things, both individually, how do I navigate this in my anxiety, as a family, how do we navigate this, but then as a church, God, where are you taking us, and where, where are we going with this? And then you see some churches that just become, I think, so out of touch, and they're, they're all insider-focused, and that drives me crazy, because this whole thing is about go, 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 go tell. Make disciples. Be in relationship with people and go. And then something has come in that I didn't expect, and maybe you've felt this too. Grief. I've had to acknowledge a lot of loss in this season. Some, some I've lost friends. I've, I've had to own the fact that certain things in our culture, in our society that get brought our way, if I stay silent, I'm contributing to the cause. If I speak up, now I'm, I'm a bullseye for attack from either side. Nobody's happy. From friends who I've shared meals with in my home or their home. I've been labeled Marxist, socialist Marxist. I've also been labeled a Trump nationalist. I go figure. I don't know how I can be, but I have, and I've lost friends. And I've had to grieve that. It hurts. As a, just, you know, when we started Freedom Church, I recognize this goes with the territory of being a, a pastor. You're a leader. You've got to speak on these things and, and that sort of stuff. But at the same time, like just a pastor's heart, I just love the local church. I love the local church, and I love the faces. And, yeah, I want to reach this town for the gospel, but I, I, care, about, I care about you. I care about our people. And I haven't got to see your faces in a year. It hurts. It's hard. It messes with you. 
You compile all of that together. I've been a wreck at times. <laughs> and the reason I bring this up is because I actually see there's a lot of hope in this. In the middle of being overwhelmed, I think there's a ton of hope and, and a ton of, of direction that we can move forward. And I also bring it up to say, I don't think I'm alone. I see a lot of heads nodding. Maybe your grief is you lost a graduation that you were going to hold for your son or your daughter, and you didn't get to experience that way. Maybe it was a, a wedding that you had pictured in your mind, and it didn't happen the way you wanted it to happen. Maybe it was a funeral, and you lost somebody in this past year, and you didn't get to say goodbye the way you wanted to say goodbye. I want to give you permission to acknowledge these things that are going on in, in your life. It doesn't have to be all rainbows and unicorns all the time. Jesus, our Savior, had a DTR moment with God. I want to, I want to bring it up to you. I want to, I want to, I want to read it to you. It's, in, it, it's recorded in several uh, Gospels, Mark's account, which Mark as we understand it, came from Peter. Like Peter's saying, hey, this is, Mark, write this down. Peter is a fisherman, probably not literate. So he's, he's orally saying this. So this is where all tradition says Mark got this from Peter. So as Mark writes this down in, in Mark chapter 14, it says, they went to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and Jesus said, sit here while I go pray. Context. Jesus is hours away from being arrested, and, and being hung up on a cross and crucified. He knows it's coming. His boys, his disciples, the original connect group, his, his, his guys that he's been doing relationship with, the guys who are different, who are always fighting, he's having to say, hey, huddle in, huddle in. They don't have a clue what's happening. Jesus does. So he takes Peter, James, and John with him. That's why, again, I want you to get in a connect group because when you're dealing with these sorts of things, you, can't, you can keep it all to yourself, but you're going to be so much better if you can bring somebody with you. That's what you got to start somewhere. That's what we said last week. Just jump in. you gotta, you got to get jumped in in one of these things. He, he brings in this inner circle, Peter, James, and John. And anytime he does those three, the inner circle, you know something's about to happen. Some, something's coming up. And he told him, listen to this, listen to this. He says, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Now, if you're going to write something about the Savior of the world, the one who's going to overcome everything, probably want to leave this one out. This doesn't make our Jesus look very good. It's not a highlight here where he's like, I don't want to do it. <laughs> don't want to do it. I'm crushed. I don't want to keep going on. I feel the, the, this translation, my soul is crushed to grief to the point of death. One of the translations, probably a little bit more close, is like, I'm filled with horror right now. His humanity is in complete desperation here. Don't ask me to explain, don't ask the question of how do you explain God's humanity and, and his divinity. Uh, I don't understand that mystery. Um, it's just, it is. All right, I'm sure I could dive into it more, but you can see his humanity coming out here, and he's having a, a, a define the reality moment. He says to the boy, stay here, keep watch with me. And he went on a, 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 
he went on a little farther and he fell down. And he prayed that if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. Abba, which means daddy, daddy, father. He cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. God, if, if you're loving, God, if you're all-powerful, take it away. I, I don't want to go through with this. Now, I'm not Jesus, you're not Jesus, but we have a Savior who can relate to, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go, I don't want to go through this. Here's what, here's what I want to do. I want to, I want to switch gears a little bit. I want to show you my heart for you. And I, and, and I need two volunteers. I'm not going to embarrass you or anything, but I do need you to come up on stage. So do I have two people who would, who would come and help me kind of show this, this illustration? Everyone's looking around like, uh-uh, not me. Okay, uh, Brandon in the back and Blake, go ahead. Come on, come on up. Let's welcome them up to the stage. I would say come around on that side over here. I'm going to move some things around here. All right, Brandon, I'm going to have you stand over here by this, this stand here. And Blake, I'm going to have you stand just kind of right in front of this table. Just kind of stand here so we can see you in the light. All right, uh, Brandon, what year did you graduate? <laughs> this year. You graduated this year. Yeah, here you I'm go. This year. Okay, I'm going to put that on. I'm messing up your hair. There, I'll let you kind of do that. All right, there you go. All right, and uh, Blake, what, do you know what year you started, started school? Kindergarten? 90, long time. 89, okay, all right. Here we go. All right, all right. Uh, I'm going to have you stand right here. Nice backpack. Minecraft, all right. You got to stand. Let's have you kind of stand just a little bit farther away here, okay? Now, I can remember my first day of, of kindergarten and, and going to school, and I was so excited uh, to go. But to get from kindergarten all the way over here to graduation, that was like impossible to even think of. Even if I could, it was, it's a long ways to go. And I think for a lot of us, when we're in the, in the middle of something, we're like, hey, this is the direction that I want to go. But I'm so, like, I can't even, I'm so overwhelmed in the moment or that's so far out of reach, I don't even know which direction or how I'm going to get there. It's overwhelming to think about that idea of how much it's going to take to get there. I think for a lot of us, we can be overwhelmed with our situation, be it the anxiety or, de or depression or the work situation or marriage. And we're like, we know what we want, but in order to get there, I don't, it's too much to get there. Can I show you this morning what it's going to take to get there? If I'm here, and I'm, 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 I mean, again, this is representing a, a timeline, a, a progression, and it seems so far off. You want to know how you get there? Take one step forward. One step forward. Hey, 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 he did it. You want to know how you get a little bit closer? Do it again. Awesome. Now, here's what happens. We get in the middle, and we're excited, and we took 
a step forward. But guess what? Pain, suffering, anxiety. Just because you took a step doesn't mean it goes away. Jesus, he prayed this prayer, as you read in this passage, he prayed it three times. He three I take this away. I don't want to. You're going to have things that you don't want in your life, and it's going to trigger you and come back up again. And the, when you are in the middle of something, still not at your destination, it can be just as hard, if not harder, because we forget about the progress that we made. We're tired. We fell down on our face, and you don't want to keep going. Some of, we've talked about this last week where we've been burned in relationships. We fell flat on our face. You win if you get back up and take one step forward. The enemy wants you discouraged, distracted, disappointed to where you stop or you stay down or you walk away. I don't want to give the enemy that opportunity. So as I go through my list of issues that I talk with my counselor about, I'm going to take a step forward today. And that's what I want for you. That's my, that's my pastor's heart. I don't want anything from you. I want something for you. These steps are hard. Every single one of them. They might even be paved with pain, suffering, and rejection. But if that's God's will and direction, I know there's blessing on the other side. And that's all I want. I want a church that says, you know what? I think I need to get in a relationship. I don't really want to. I don't really have time, but I'll take a step forward. I want a church that if God prompts me, says, hey, you need to get baptized. You haven't been baptized. You've given your life to Christ, but you've never publicly made that statement of faith. I don't know. I don't really want to get in front of people. And I got all that. I'm going to take that step. Some of these steps are milestone steps. Hey, I graduated from kindergarten, or I saw a sign someone graduated from eighth grade, and they're going into ninth grade, and you got these big ones, right? Hey, I, I, God's calling me to be a pastor of Freedom Church. We're going to start Freedom Church. It's a big milestone. woo let's go. But can I tell you, these steps along the way are paved with just small steps of faith. Sorry, son. I apologize. I was wrong. Hey, will you forgive me? That's, a big, that's actually a big milestone step right there. This, the, these steps of faith where God just says, hey, say hello to that person. Hey, write them an encouraging note. Hey, it's Memorial Day weekend. You're doing stuff as a family. Invite somebody over. No, I don't know. I mean, are they, they're probably doing something. Or, no, if God prompts you, take that small step of faith. This life is paved with and progress is made through small steps of faith. I want to let these guys go. Thank you guys so much for, for coming, Brandon. And, and Blake, you can just go ahead and set that right there. Yeah, oh, yeah, and he graduated. Fantastic. He did it. He did it. I, I show, this happened yesterday. I got, a, I got a video that I want to show you. My son playing t-ball. He's batting. This is about 12 seconds long. I'm out in the outfield filming. I'm, I'm doing the parent thing like, oh, here he goes. All right. Um, this, this shows a little bit of sometimes how I felt in 2020, but also um, where, I, where I want you to go. Go ahead and let's go ahead and roll this video. Here he goes. Hits the ball. He's running. Tito. 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 
Do you see it? Do you see it? This is a simple little play. He crashed on his face, and my son got back up. God has seen you fall down. And he's going to have so much joy when he sees his son or his daughter get back up. Life is not about the absence of stress. I know we try to make it like that. We try to build our lives in comfort to avoid stress. And I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad or wrong thing. But life is not the absence of stress. So I want to give you some help. If you're feeling overwhelmed, if you felt like a failure, if you feel a little bit insecure, outmatched, want to, if you're on the brink of giving up right now, I want to give you some help. One, don't give up, okay? Realize if the, the grass looks greener in someone else's lawn, let me just tell you, there's manure in that lawn tour, okay? I've, I've learned enough to know, and I've pastored enough to know there's manure in that lawn too, and, 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 if your grass doesn't look as green as you want it, water your grass. Don't go run into somebody else's. Water your grass, feed it. So the, what are we going to do? The first thing I want you to do is name it. Name it. Jesus comes straight to the Father and says, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do this. You have to name it. And here's what it's going to do for you. You get, you get it out in the open. It starts to lose a little bit of power once you get it out in the open and you name it. Don't point. Don't point. All right? You can just raise hands. All right? Um, who's stressed with uh, kids? Kids? Okay? All right? We can be honest in church. Come on now. I've been a little bit vulnerable with you. Job? Job-related stress? Okay, this could get you in trouble. You don't have to raise your hand. Just look forward straight at me. Spouse, marriage, <laughs> no amens. Come on now. <laughs> um, anything, anything can, can, can come in. It can be weight. DTR, I, I literally gained like 19 pounds during 2020. I've lost 13 since the start of the year, so I still got some work to do. But some of us, we're, we're name it. This is, this is stressing me out. Anxiety. Name it. What is it? Because until I'm honest enough to, to recognize what it is and call it out, I can't really work on it. It's just still there. And if I'm going to grow and take steps forward to get better in my marriage, i got to name what's going on, what I'm dealing with, what I'm struggling with. It could be finances. It could be the social justice issues that we've seen in our, in our culture and our society that are stressing you out. It could be sexuality that's stressing you out. It could be drinking and an addiction that is causing pain and suffering in your life. You have to, at some point, call it out and name it because now I can start to work on it. I want to name it so I can see that it was never meant to satisfy in the first place. Whatever it is that you're striving for, 
a promotion in a job or a certain retirement level or anything like that, when you get it and you achieve it, you realize, oh man, I just want one more follower on social media. I just want one more dollar in my bank account. It was never meant to satisfy. When you get it, it's fun. It might make you happy, but it won't last. Which gets you to the source of it. It's really what we're getting at here. Name it so I can get to the source of it. It's not about me. I've been trusting in this world and in this substance and in this thing that it would satisfy me. Only it didn't. There must be something outside of this world. If this world can't satisfy me, and I've searched for all the things and I've tried it with pleasure, knowledge, whatever it was, it didn't satisfy. I must need something outside of this world then. I've been looking here, didn't happen. I got to go outside of this world. And God's saying, ha ha, I'm the source of it all from the beginning. Now we're getting somewhere. Here on earth, Jesus says this, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, I've overcome, I'm outside of this world, I've overcome it. We need to name it. Name what's stressing you out. Just name it. I, I gave you an example of that. It was a laundry list. It's a lot. I'm a mess. I'm a wreck. And I think it's okay to say, hey, I'm, and I'm still in the middle of it. But also, I'm going to flip it. Flip it. God will not give you more than you can handle. That's a lie. Flip it. God will not give you more than he can handle. God will never give you more than he can handle. It's too much for me, but not for God, which Jesus prays. He prays. He says, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. So when you name it, part of that is prayer, praying to God. He, he, Jesus starts his ministry with, he's praying, he's praying in the final moments. He's, he's, his life was filled with prayer, bringing it to God. Now, I do want to say something about prayer because this is, you bring it to God, but also I don't want to get hung up on, well, prayer is going to solve everything. You just pray it away. It's a very action-oriented thing, which is why, like, hey, I, if, you, if you're suffering from suicidal thoughts or depression or time of the season, like, pray about it, but go get help. Work on it and, get, and, 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 and do whatever it takes to, to work through that prayer. But Jesus says, no, I'm going to flip it. One of my favorite verses is Jeremiah 29, 11. You've probably heard it or maybe even quoted it yourself. It says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you hope in a future. Now, we flip this around a lot. We say, God, here's the plans that I have for me, and they're great and grand, and I want you to bless it. No, God's saying, I have plans for you. Plans that are for good, not for disaster, to give you future and a hope. Do you know the context of this verse? Have you ever thought about that? What's happening in Jeremiah during this time? God is speaking to the nation of Israel through Jeremiah. Do you know what's happening? They just got wiped out in war. And they're, they're slaves in bondage 
being chained, taken away out of Israel to be slaves in a foreign country, which God says is going to last for about 70 years. They are walking away from in the middle of death and grief and loss in this season, and God has the audacity to say one of our favorite verses. God will never give you anything more than he can handle. He was in complete control while chaos and loss was taking place. I don't like it, but I trust it. Jesus said, take this away from me. I don't want to die. I I, I think he's also looking at the wrath that is coming. God's, God's wrath on humanity is going to be placed on him. He's going to be separated from God. He says, I, I, don't, I, I don't take, spare me from death. God says, I'll do something better. I'm not just going to spare you from death. I'm going to give you victory over it. I'm going to give you victory over the thing you don't want in your life rather than just taking it away from you. I'll give you victory. Have you ever seen in the NFL, I love sports and I love sports analogies, when, when, when a play happens and it's a close call and so they got to go to the replay booth. And so the, 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 the referee comes and he gets on the microphone and he says, the play on the field is under review. And then they, they send it to, to somewhere. I don't know, we don't know where, some, some foreign, foreign place where they actually go and they see what happened on the field and they review it and they make some sort of determination on the field. And then the referee gets the word from the booth and he comes back and says, after further review. And sometimes it's the same, but sometimes it's saying, the ruling on the field has been reversed upon further review. I don't know what is happening in your field today, but I want to say upon further review, you are still loved no matter what you think or what you feel. Upon further review, you are not inadequate. Upon further review, you are not a failure. Upon further review, you are not too old. You are not too young. It's not too late for you. You are not unqualified in Christ. If you are in Christ, you are a child of God. You are are loved. You are redeemed. You have victory today. And the enemy wants you to live in defeat to live in despair, to live in discouragement, to be distracted and go chase it, whatever it is, even though it would never satisfy, to say you have victory over these things. Walk in it. It says in 1 John, it says, but you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Today's Pentecost Sunday. 
If you don't have a religious background, that's okay. I'm glad you're here. But after Jesus died and he rose from the dead, he left. He ghosted the, the disciples. He said, I'm out of here. Acts chapter 1, verse in chapter 1. He's like, I'm gone. But wait, something better's coming. My spirit's going to live inside of you. And, and, and Pentecost Sunday was, was when that happened, when that took place, when the church burst. Jesus says, I'm going to do greater things. It's better that I leave and my spirit comes and lives in you because even greater things are going to happen through that spirit. He says, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And against all odds, they did it without Jesus. But the power of, of God working in them and through them, through all their mess, through all their dysfunction. If you're here today and you're tired, if you're broken and busted, I, got, I, got a couple, I feel like some of us are like this today. Where we go to get our fill in our cup. But I just feel empty and I'm broken. God, I want to go live for you. And then we go and we take this to other people, but I'm, I'm just broken and I'm, I'm running on empty and I'm overwhelmed. This is not God's abundant life that he wants for you. This is not God's will for your life to go and live like this and we're just going to, to, to try to do things on our own in our own initiative. The picture that God wants for our life is this overflowing where I'm completely filled up. And the beauty of it is For a lot of us, we would, we would look at our lives or we see the broken areas and we're like, well, God, just fix me. Tape it up. Patch the holes. God's not into fixing you. He makes you new. He makes you whole again. He's like, oh, I'll just put a Band-Aid on it and we're good to go. No, 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 no. He says, you're a whole new creation, a whole new thing when you do this life with me. That he wants you filled. A little bit of a DTR. I kind of like my brokenness. I say I want to go to the physician so I can get healing. But this is comfortable. I don't like it. You may even encourage me, hey, good job, pastor, way to go, or, you know, you're doing great. You know, oh, well, you're, I'll, I'll pass it off. I'll pass off your encouragement and say, well, you're just, you're just being that, you're just saying that, and you're just being nice. And I actually won't receive healing. God will send healing through other people or through his word, and I don't take it because this is who I am. In Christ. In Christ. He doesn't fix you. He makes you whole. He makes you new. 
we got to surrender these things. Go to the healer. Go to the healer. The one, that's the third thing is heal it. Heal it. I can't heal it. You can't heal it. He's going to be the one that ultimately heals what's going on on the inside. Name it. Flip it. All right? Flip it. He's not going to give you anything more than he can handle. And then give it to him. Let him heal these things in your life so you can go and live this thing out. That's what I want. I'll close because I know I'm over time. Back in November, I was frustrated and upset. And I've shared this story a couple times. We went on a hike up L.A. Mountain. Got to the top of that mountain, my boys and Rita, they're like, they, they didn't want to go to the top. I was, I was discouraged and frustrated at the time. I said, well, you guys go on down. I'm going to go up to the top because I want to enjoy the view. Here's a picture of the view. It's gorgeous up there. It takes about 30 minutes to get up there. While I'm at the top, I'm like, you know what? I'm at the top of a mountain. This seems as good a place as any to just hash it out with God. Just get it all out. So I did. And I just told him. I just went through the list. And I'm like, God, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know why. I can't. I, this, is, this seemed like it's going backwards. Things were going great. Now they're not. What's going on? Fortunately, God spoke to me. He said, that's not for you to know. Tell me the plan. Tell me all the things that are going to get me to graduation. He's like, no, no, no. That's not for you to know, never was. Okay, then, well, then what? And I got two words. Spread hope. Well, I can do that. <laughs> I can spread, but I want something more concrete. Spread hope. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're doing, just spread hope. So that's what I focused on. I don't have all the answers. I still don't have all the answers. I, I don't know all the next. Spread hope. That's the season that I'm in. I don't know what season you are in, but give it to God. Talk to him about it and let him heal it. That has driven me so much when I'm discouraged and deflated. I know my next step. Spread hope. And let God do what only he can do. All right, can we stand? Can we pray together? Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.